Let's give God a round of applause, please. <clears throat> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Our worship, I'm telling you. <laughs> I've been to churches all over, and the presence of God is so... I can't even talk about it. I won't be able to stand. <clears throat> wow, wow, wow. Whew. We love you, Jesus. You know, I had one of those weeks, and I, I don't even know if I could say weeks. It's really a season of, I appreciate what Max said, because just because you're a, a minister, everybody thinks that you just had this really close connection with God all the time and you're just always on fire and it's so amazing and I'm like oh I can't wait to wake up in the morning and worship Jesus that is just so not true it has been a hard season I've had to like by faith stir myself up and I'm like God I just miss that first love feeling and he said that's the problem you're looking for a feeling I'm going to talk this morning, I'm going to actually go a little bit, <clears throat> we're talking about the, the church, the ecclesia, is what it actually is called, and we're a group of people that get to gather together, and we have such a responsibility to carry out the gospel, and to bring the word of the Lord to a lost and dying people, and there are so many people that don't even know that they're lost. So many people that don't realize the hope that is in Jesus Christ. Religion won't save you. Only Jesus Christ in a relationship with him will. And so through this conference that we had over the weekend, the, one of the biggest themes was faith. And it, it just kept getting weaved in and out, in and out, in and out. From even the pastor's meeting to the even the breakout sessions, they still wound up, you know, healing and prophetic faith was still getting weaved in. And then um, Dr. Leon talked about it, and then um, Ray d um, spoke about, you know, radical favor, which also includes faith on Sunday morning. It was just such a powerful time. I'm going to read some of the notes that I had written. It says, we have a need for increasing our faith. We go through the trials we go through so that our faith can increase. Say amen. amen. Don't you just love going through hardship and trials? Isn't that fun? Yes, count it all joy. Praise the Lord we get to go through all those things. But for real, it helps us to increase our faith. Whew. You have to desire and crave the things of God. It will cause your faith to increase. Don't just move the mountain in your life, but move the mountain in somebody else's life. I am drunk. I'm just going to be honest. In the spirit, for anybody who's new here, I was not drinking this morning. I promise. I've only had coffee, chai tea, latte down there. But the presence of God is so strong. That's going to be another clip that they're going to have. Here it is on YouTube. Pastor Kathy says she's so drunk. <laughs> oh, I don't even care. 
Every single thing that Jesus had, he died to put inside of each and every one of us. Every single thing that Jesus had, he died to put it inside of you and to put it inside of me. We are the temple of the living God. One of the reasons, I love Ray Goolsby said this, he says, one of the reasons we don't progress is because we think about who we are too much instead of who he is. And that narrative holds us back. But we have unlimited access to everything that he has. Now turn with me to Matthew 28, verse 16. I'm reading out of the New King James. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. How many of you have been there? And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Just as we were singing, he is with us. We are going to have a marriage at the end, we have to be getting ready. And part of the getting ready is helping others get it ready. We have such a responsibility to co-labor with Jesus Christ. It takes faith to be able to see the things that God is wanting to pour out. It takes faith in his word. We have to know what his word says. We have to know who he is. I was lying down here. Um, I don't know, one of the services last weekend. And whenever I'm in any kind of a transition in my life, God has always been so good. He gives me like a scripture or a word to hold on to. And I just hold on to that, and I'm like, oh, this is so good. A picture, something. He always is so great, gracious to do that for me. I'm in a season of, of transition. I, I have nothing. So I'm lying on the floor, and I'm like, okay, God, you know, you've always been so good. I said, I need to have faith in like something. Like, I gotta help my faith in something. And I hear him say so clearly, have faith in me. And I'm like, oh, well, that seems so simple. But it's true. We can have faith in our faith. We can put faith in even a scripture that we heard instead of trusting God through the process. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna have to trust you. I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to trust. I don't see anything. It's pitch black, but I'm going to trust you because I understand that he's amazing and he's good. I've had that encounter, that personal experience in my life, my relationship with him. There's a story I was reading out of this book. It's a story of really having expectation and anticipation for the goodness of God in our life. And the story is there's a, a, a mom who goes and to the store, buys a present for her daughter, wraps it up, and puts it in the closet. Daughter gets home. She's, you know, probably around 10 or 11. And she says to her daughter, she said, hey, sweetie, go into the closet because I have a present for you. And she goes skipping and jumping, all excited. And here's the thing I want you to see. She believed that there was a gift in that closet. 
She never once questioned her mom. She wasn't skipping and jumping because she had seen the gift. She was skipping and jumping because she believed that her mom was going to do something good. What if we walk like that in our life? What if we actually are skipping and jumping full of faith and hope because we really believe that God has something good for us, even when we can't see it? Because we know that he's got this gift that's wrapped up for us, and we trust him, and we believe in him. We rely on him. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance, that word substance is made up of two Greek words. The first part, sub, is under or low, under. The second part is standing. So if we look at it this way and say, now faith is the understanding of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You see, I want you to grab a hold of something different, a different mindset of faith. Faith isn't just out here somewhere. It actually has to be hooked up to something. And what happens is that our faith often is dictated by our feelings. I feel the presence of God, so I know he's here. If I never feel the presence of God, he's still here. I knew, okay, so... When I first felt like God was transitioning something in my life, I heard him say specific things. Well, time went on. I didn't even know if that was really him anymore. How many of you have been there? Now, my faith was in what I thought I heard. It wasn't in just trusting him. Because my faith was attached to the feeling that I had when I heard what I heard. When that feeling started to fade, so did my faith because it wasn't real faith. You see, faith doesn't have feelings. It has feet. Faith will actually do something. It will move forward. But if faith is feelings, it's not really faith at all. It's emotionalism and it's even spiritualism. Because it's based on a feeling that is not hooked up to knowledge. Knowledge without action is spiritualism. You have to have knowledge with action. We have to, that, that gives us, that helps us have evidence. That's our evidence. That's our substance. That's our understanding. So faith has understanding. That's why it's so important to know the word of God. There's good and there's evil. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to keep you out of the book. He wants to do everything that he can to bring doubt and unbelief. Even the disciples, when they came to see Jesus, and Jesus is giving them their marching orders. It says some doubted. Why? Because that's the very thing that the enemy wants to do is to sow seeds of doubt in your mind so that you'll be moved by your feelings. Doubt doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Say, I have doubt. Doesn't matter. You can say, I believe, but help my unbelief. Hook up to the, to the source who is God himself. It takes intimacy. We can't, okay, well, I, when I get dry, I'm like, I'm so dry. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I haven't really read. You guys, I'm a human. I haven't opened my Bible for two days. 
and I wonder why I'm dry. It's not reading the verse of the day that's going to keep you going. It's not like, oh, check, I just did my duty. No, I want to have a passionate understanding of who Jesus Christ is. I want to walk with him so I can stay in fire for him so that I can actually ask questions like this. What do you mean everyone's going to have a mansion in heaven? How is that possible? How are we all going to have mansions? There's been how many people that have been living and that know Jesus Christ and have died and been up there now? Everybody has a mansion? What does that look like? And I can have these discussions with him. Because time is drawing near. I'm thinking about these things. I don't live for here and now. I'm living for eternity. And if you are a born-again believer of Jesus Christ, you're living for eternity too. Because the rewards are stacking up in heaven. We're going to live forever. I don't want to get up there and find this little like, oh, this is it. Hmm. This is your forever. No. I want a store. I want a storehouse in heaven. And what does it look like? I was talking with a couple people last night. We went to the Lewis's Friendsgiving. And we're talking about mansion. What is that? Is that a mansion to me may look completely different than somebody who is living in a third world country who would give anything to have a two-bedroom apartment. So I said, oh, and my mind is, everything just started. And then I'm like, well, how am I ever going to see everybody that's in heaven? I want to see everybody that's in heaven. These are weird thoughts. It's like a little kid or something. But these are thoughts, my thoughts. These are my thoughts. And they're like, well, you can just get transported. You can go wherever you want, whenever you want. I'm like, woohoo. Doesn't that sound amazing? Oh, I'm totally off course. Anyway, these are things I think about. Pray for me. All right. Do we believe, as stated in John 15, 5, that we are Christ's friend? Do we believe that God is really good and he has something good for us? Do we really believe it in our, in our knower to where we know that we know that we know that no matter what's going on in our life, somehow, some way, it's going to turn out to be okay? I would tell Matthew every single time he would go through something at his businesses, and it looked like, oh, boy, I'm, the doors are about to shut because things just kept getting one thing after another thing after another thing. And I said, Matthew, you know and I know that every single time it works out, every single time. And it was that last time that I said that to him that something clicked, and he's like, you're right. Every single time it always works out. That's how God is. He's so good, and he's so for us and so much not against us. Romans chapter 4. Actually, go to uh, Romans 14. Romans 14, verse 14. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
And the part I want to focus on is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been taught, I know I've been taught, I've even said it, be led by peace. That is just so not true. It's a feeling. So if we don't have peace, we think it can't be God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in what? The Holy Ghost. Being led by the Spirit of God will bring you the peace, the joy, and the righteousness. But not always do you always experience peace when you're stepping out in faith, doing what God's called you to do. And that's where confusion comes, and that's where a lot of us don't take any risks, and we're not doing the things that God had commanded us to do because we're not feeling the peace. We don't feel the feelings. We don't feel the feels. But if we're supposed to step out in faith knowing that we can trust him, do you think that when, when um, Peter got out on the boat that he was just like all full of faith and like this is going to be amazing? No, I guarantee you there was some, oh, my gosh, because what happened? He started to walk, but then he began to sink. But what happened? There was Jesus to pick him up right away. Don't be led by your feelings. Be led by faith. Remember, feelings is not faith, and faith has feet. Amen? Romans chapter 4, I'm not going to be very long, verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that he, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. There's so many keys in here. We can look at our circumstances. It could be a business. It could be a relationship. It could be your marriage. It could be your home. It could be hoping to be married. (laughs) Whatever that is, we can look at our circumstances and our hope can become deferred, and our faith is now moved by our feelings because we're sad, we're frustrated, we're angry, all the other things that come with it, and that pushes our faith out. But we have to believe in what the word of God says is true. It sounds so simple, but it's not an application. But we can do it. That if God has given you a promise in his word, he's told you to buy a business, whatever it may be, then you stand and you have done everything that you know to do. You continue to stand. You stay in faith. And what he did is he held on to the promise of God because he knew that God was able. She was too old. He was too old. But he still had a promise that he was going to be a father of many nations. How can, I, how can, can you imagine? They have no children. But he's going to be a father of many nations. You can look at your circumstances and say, how is this even possible? With God, what? All things are possible. Do we really believe that? Luke 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them. The men always ought to pray and not lose heart. There's the first key, that we always pray and do not lose heart, saying, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God 
nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me for my adversary, and he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? This is the part. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? That ought to be something that sobers us up. None of us are without the possibility to lose our faith. That's why it's so important that you stay in fellowship with one another, that you pray all the time. Here, I wrote down some stuff. If you're taking notes, Matthew 6, 5 through 8, always pray, continue to pray. Luke 11, 2 through 4, employ the Lord's prayer as often as you can through worship, intercession, petition, warfare, and praise. Matthew 23, 34 through 40, know that, not, that only total love for God can empower you to love rightly yourself and your neighbor. Matthew 26, 26 through 29, celebrate the Lord's Supper often. Approach it with faith, receiving the life and healing it provides. Luke 10, 38 through 42, avoid setting the Lord's work as a priority over the Lord's presence. Let me say that again. Avoid setting the Lord's work as a priority over the Lord's presence. Prefer Mary's place of learning at the feet of Jesus himself. And when it comes time to serve, serve like Martha, who he commended. You know, there's, since I've been saved... I went to Bible school just a few years after I got saved. And from that moment on, God's hand was on me, and the pastor's wife saw it, and she began to mentor me. I have been in some form of ministry my whole entire walk with Jesus. And I can tell you that there are times that I would like to know what it's like just to sit there and just be out of ministry. And have my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But I also know that I'm called. So I'm not going to do that. As you all probably thinking, oh, she's leaving. <laughs> that has to be the priority in our life. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's who, who, you, who he is. The moment... For those of you who are married, the moment that you put your spouse above Jesus will be the first moment that God shows you that your codependency cannot be in someone. Your inner dependency needs to be in him. He must be number one. No one, no friend, no spouse, no coworker, no sister, no brother can take the place of Jesus Christ in your life. Is it important to have those relationships? Absolutely. And hopefully, 
you have relationships in your life, whether it's a spouse or a friend, that comes just under where Jesus is. So close, but not quite. Why? Because that displays, I believe, Jesus Christ upon the earth. I believe that the glory, the word says the glory, Habakkuk, the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. The way that's going to happen is by you and I displaying his glory, not just the word only, but also through our character, through our actions, telling people about Jesus Christ, but also our relationships with one another. People will know that we are his disciples by the way that we love one another. The ecclesia should be shining brighter now than it ever has before because it's darker right now than it has ever been before. So we have such an awesome opportunity to think that we're praying for Israel, sowing seeds for Israel. We're sowing into the Middle East and to hear that all these Muslims in one night, are you kidding me? That's what we heard. We have, there's things that we have not heard of. People are getting saved right and left. I'm telling you, if you're wondering if Jesus is coming back soon, I'll stand here and say, yes, he is. That song made me shake in my, in my boots. <laughs> I'm like, get, we're getting ready, we're getting ready, we're getting ready. I'm like, God, I'm getting ready. By faith, I am getting ready to meet my maker. I'm getting ready to meet my bridegroom. It makes you, makes you want to be careful of what your eye gates are looking at, your ear gates are looking at. What, is your, what, what doors are you opening? Gossip and all of that stuff, get rid of it. It says that we'll be accountable not only, not only for the things that we do, but for every word we speak. I'm like, oh my gosh, can I get rid of all those other ones? I repent, let's just put them under the blood, let's start over fresh today. His mercies are new every day, praise the Lord. Forget what I said about you yesterday, I don't mean it anymore. That's the, that is the word of God. I don't know. Was it rhetorical when Jesus said when he comes back, will he find faith on the earth? I don't know. But let's hope that we are in faith. Amen. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you for an amazing, amazing service, for your presence. Help us, Lord, to have true, pure faith, not moved by feelings, and that our faith will actually have feet attached to it, moving out into areas that are unexpected that we never thought we would move out in before, because you said greater things than these shall we do, because you go to the Father, and you sent the person of the Holy Spirit to abide within us, and we're so grateful we're so grateful for all that you've done and all that you've accomplished on the cross. May this day, this week, the rest of our lives be full of pure faith. In the obstacles and the trials that come in our path, when you say, I'm not going to give you a scripture necessarily to stand on, just have faith in me, it causes our faith to have to grow. And we want to be more like you, Jesus. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. In his name we pray. Amen.